Hey everyone, John here. Just a quick word of warning. Uh, we will be spoiling this film in its entirety, so if you have not seen this film and you don't want it spoiled for you, uh, just hit pause real quick and go and watch the movie and then come back and enjoy the show. I just want you to be safe up there. Do you have a gun? I'm Sydney fucking Prescott. Of course I have a gun. another episode of surviving chick flicks i'm john i'm sammy and joining us once again are our friends karen and mark say hi everyone cheers hello and finally uh the plan was to do this episode back in january but covid is still a thing so we waited till it was streaming and we are finally doing our the fifth installment of the scream franchise scream just scream, and we're all excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not giving anything away. So why don't we uh, play the trailer, and then we will do whatever we ha- whatever's going to happen to this movie. attacks so far. Do you have a gun? I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course I have a gun. Something about this one just feels different. Samantha? I'm... I know who you are. I've been through this. A lot. This is your life now, which means that whoever this is is gonna keep coming for you. You ready? This? Never. Oh, stop. Wait, wait, wait. There's certain rules to surviving. The attacks were all on people related to the original killers. Whatever his link is to our past, it's pulled us all back here. And I won't sleep until he's in the ground. Scream. 
and this is the way I've done it for four other movies, so I'm not going to change it. But starring Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Melissa Barrera, Jack Quaid, Mikey Madison, Jenna Ortega, Dylan Minnette, Jasmine Savoy Brown, Mason Goodman, with Skeet Ulrich, Kyle Gallner, and Roger Jackson as the voice of Ghostface, and directed not by Wes Craven, but by Matt. Bettinelli Olpen and Tyler Gillett. Just it's for- Gillett? I thought I was calling him Tyler Gillette this whole time. Oh. <laughs> I was like, that's an appropriate name for a whole yeah. movie director. All right. For the rest of the show, it's Gillette. Tyler Gillette. Because yeah. he's the best a franchise can get. Oh, oh, that's a shame. All right. So just for consistency. Well, actually, because uh, when we did Scream 4, Karen, you weren't here. So... You want to give your thoughts on Scream 4 real quick? Oh, God. <laughs> I was not prepared for that. Yeah. <laughs> or, um, or I'll just make it short. Karen, did you survive Scream 4? I did. I did survive Scream 4. I owned Scream 4. Um, it took me a little while to, to get on board with it. But, you know, true to form, it, it, it was prescient in ways that I think only Wes Craven had the capability of doing. Um, so it was sadly prescient in some ways. And... Um, I, I would not, I would not put it in the same category as the original trilogy, but I think it's it's worth owning. Let's let our guests go. Karen, when was the first time you saw it? Uh, well, I was unfortunately when this hit the theaters was the same time that the Omicron variant was hitting the East Coast really hard, so I had to wait until it was streaming, and I saw it. I think we watched it the day it was available. It was first available, so I, you know, I watched it with my wife. Um, she didn't watch the entire thing, <laughs> uh, which is fine. I watched yeah. it a second time while I had it on rental for the first go, and then I just watched it again today. Mark, when did you see it? I <laughs> I actually went um, to the the fan event when it opened up um, nice. here at a local theater. And and the theater wasn't even that full, so you know I didn't have much to worry about. But it's still it was in the middle of all that mess. Yeah. So it, but yeah, it was it was cool to be there and see that, and then have the interviews afterwards. That was pretty cool. Sammy, do you want to give your usual answer? Um. Yeah. Somewhere around twenty four hours ago. <laughs> We're nothing if not not consistent. Absolutely. And, yeah. <laughs> And I I saw it the same night as Mark, but I didn't get a fan event. Aww. I just had to see the regular version. Not even on IMAX or Big D, just regular. But uh, I also did not have a very full theater. Um, like It was pretty empty. Uh, not empty enough that I could keep texting Mark during the movie. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we were pretty much pretty close to watching the movie around the same time, even with the different time zones. Yep, that's yeah. for sure. I know nice. it's so funny because, like, I, I was I was so excited just to go see it in theater again. I mean, it's just been a while, obviously, and you know, and obviously, I was going to go see it for a lot of people who couldn't see it at the time for various reasons. So, yeah, it just felt like I was going for everyone at that in in mind mm-hmm. that couldn't see it right away. So it was, yeah. I don't know. I I enjoyed myself. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I I was super looking forward to this movie and yeah 
we got to the opening weekend, and I know we had talked about going to see it as a group because you know we were going to do it for the show. And then Sammy got sick, and then Joseph's daughter also got sick with COVID. And I just went rogue and watched it on my own uh, the opening night. And uh, we'll get into what I thought about it then and thought about it now, because my opinion has slightly changed uh, from that first viewing, but not too much. So... Sadly, Wes Craven did pass away when, in, with the after Scream Four, but not before. But he was alive for part of the Scream uh, TV series on MTV. Does anybody watch that? I can't remember if we've gotten into this on yeah. any of the previous episodes. I watched the first season. Yeah. I think maybe not even the whole of the first season, but I watched the first season. I haven't gotten past that though. Yeah, I watched the first season as well. I don't know why I was watching it. Um, I, I think it was just, I was not in the best place in my life. And so I think I was uh, watching it because it was just the right level of stupid I needed uh, to kind of distract me every now and then. But when season two started up, I made it about half an episode and abandoned ship. Mark, did you see any of it? What, what was that again? I'm sorry. Oh, the Scream TV series that MTV did. No, I think I, I dipped in, I think, part of an episode at one point, but I, I wasn't able to keep up with it consistently. So I was like, I got to do this when I can just sit down and watch the whole damn thing. <laughs> yeah. So I know uh, originally Wes and original creator Kevin Williamson were talking about a new trilogy starting with Scream 4, and Scream 4 did not perform quite like I think everyone was hoping. Plus, they switched from... Uh, Dimension to Lionsgate. They were no longer owned, but I, I think this is around the tail end of the Weinstein's being involved in any of them. Yeah. No, no great loss. Uh, no. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So, um, eleven years later, we finally get a new scream, and everyone had originally said they weren't going to come do it again without Wes or uh, I believe that softened to we weren't aren't coming back unless the movie is worthy of Wes and we'll find out if it was yeah at this yeah. point they're pulling a link leader and like every decade we're getting a new one and <laughs> see yeah. how the cast is aged and you know <laughs> go from there yeah scream sunrise scream sunset exactly. or it could be before gutting before murder <laughs> something <Yeah>. you know <laughs> Uh, I just saw the Northman, and that's possibly the most violent before sunset, before sunrise prequel ever. So. Oh, really? I mean, yeah. you even get Bjork in it too. So yeah, and it's amazing that you know she just showed up on set for three days and whatever she was wearing that day, and they filmed around it. Exactly. <laughs> in fact, that's... they asked her to tone it down. But... Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Unnecessarily mean to Bjork. I think I am. <laughs> I like Bjork. I do too. Oh, but York's not in Scream Five. <laughs> Yet. Yet. <laughs> so the trailer dropped. I know, Karen, was that your first indication that it was not gonna go the way you were hoping? I I honestly don't remember my response to the trailer. Oh. Um I <laughs> I know I watched I kinda it. Do. You do? I remember parts of it. Yeah. 
I know you were not happy about Sydney having a baby. Yes, oh, that's yes, that what was I re- the original trailer. That that wasn't the oh. first trailer. That came oh. later. That yeah, was yeah. the second trailer they released. And that, when I saw that, yeah, I was like, "Are you kidding me? Give me a fucking break." Just for yeah. some context, <laughs> what? How were you hoping it would go? I honestly, I went to this with absolutely no expectations, <laughs> and it. It it met what I expected of it. I, I yeah no I, I don't remember my response to the original the the first trailer but yeah my my response yeah. to that was I was like this is not gonna I you've already lost my attention yeah. by, by showing me she's she's but you know what I will give them this they at least handled her having kids in a way that I was okay with yeah. We saw the kid for a second, and the kid was not a factor I mean, in the. You didn't even see the kid. All you saw oh, yeah. was the was the carriage. There was never any. Oh, yeah. yeah, you never saw the kid. You never saw her other kids. You you heard mention of them. You heard mention of Mark Kincaid. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I can handle that. I was disappointed that it didn't happen the way I thought. I said I would have made it happen, but whatever. What was what was wrong with her having kids? I just thought that they were going to make the kids a big part of the movie. And as far as I'm concerned, children do not belong in horror movies unless they're the villain. Yeah. That's true. Very much. Yeah. <laughs> unless your name's Damien, I should just get out. <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> for child actors, it's not going to get any better than that. <laughs> or, oh... What's the guy's name? Miko. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Miko Hughes? Is that yeah, Miko yeah. Hughes. Yeah. Oh, he was a scary little kid. He was. Yep. True. Oh. Yeah. That's the only way I, I want children in my horror movies. <laughs> yeah. All the movies opening it with an opening kill, as per usual. Um, I will be honest. I would, with the exception of the the legacy cast, as I guess they're called now, I didn't know most of these people. Um, I had seen Jennifer Barrera in in the Heights. I knew who Dylan Minnette was, but I feel like all these kids were like on TV shows that I'd heard of, but I didn't watch because I'm 40. <laughs> the only one I knew was shitty Dennis Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't don't hate on don't hate on him. He I'm has, just paraphrasing has, his own line from the movie about shitty Sam Elliott. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. He's got a he's got a special place, and his show. I don't know if any of y'all watch it. It is it's good. And I, I I'll call him Jack of All Quades. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. He was. He was the only one I recognized, and the only reason I recognized him was because he looks like his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the yeah. the only um, name besides anyone associated with you, or you know, any of their past four movies, because you know, Judy Hicks came back and Wiener Dog came back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, Kyle Gallner, I I knew him because he was in like Red State, and he was like almost a thing for a while. And then he showed up in this movie looking like uh, Morgan Wallen's stunt double. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, mad that you called her Wiener Dog. 
It's all I call her all the time. I say it out of respect because I, even though Todd Solondz does not make movies about likable people, and that is a severe understatement. I still love Welcome to the Dollhouse. So. Okay, yeah. he made yeah. literally the worst movie I have ever seen. Oh, uh, God. Uh, which one? Because I feel like there's like nine candidates. Wait, let me just make sure that he, he was the director of this. Yep, Happiness. I knew you were going to say oh. that. The absolute worst movie I have ever seen. I, I have never seen a worse that. movie. And I cannot, to this day... If I ever see Dylan Baker in something, I have to turn it off. Right? It, it yeah. messed me up. It I'm like, that's it. I can't yeah. watch you. Karen, you uh, let, yeah. let, me, <laughs> let me introduce you to a little movie called Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Um, no, it's not bad like that. No, it's... It this is, is a very well-made movie about... horrible. Oh. It's, this is yeah, the movie Joseph just, and I told you you weren't allowed to watch. It's it's like the most incorrectly named movie ever. Yeah. It's there's nothing happy about it and it will scar you for life. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll What you'll is it about? Horrible it, uh, horrible people. <laughs> like oh. Well, it's like multiple stories like uh like people that are verbally abusive, people that um, what was Philip Seymour Hoffman's uh, storyline in that? Was he? I, you're I remember asking he was like, yeah. I, I literally the I, only thing that comes to mind is the Dylan Baker storyline, yeah. and yeah, just, well, that's just, the one like, that's going it was like to, a really effed up Robert Altman film. <laughs> that is that is actually is the it most kind movie. of how people felt about Requiem for a Dream when it came out, just more oh. severe. Jeez! Oh, yeah. I actually own Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good movie, but I can't watch it like yeah. over and over again because it just takes a lot out of. I think anybody who watches it, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the, but that is close to the level of fucked up that the movie is. Yeah. So oh, that I is would, very true. I, I would dare say that Happiness is more fucked up than Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, but I, I'm just saying for her, like you know, oh, okay, not because we're not saying what the most egregious offender offense in that movie like why you hate dylan baker oh god like we're not saying that yeah Yeah. but anyway wiener dog happiness aside wiener dog is wiener dog she will always be wiener dog yes yes Yes. and not the pretend wiener dog in the sequel called wiener dog (laughs) that's actually about a wiener dog Mm -hmm. like i think greta gerwig uh plays the character in the movie and she's only like a very small part of it interesting yeah it was one of those it was streaming on amazon and i was like why the hell not i've seen worse Uh, fun fact so the little the the kid from stranger things who Mm -hmm. has the condition where his front teeth didn't grow in oh yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. his last name is moderato his mm-hmm. mother's name is Heather Matarazzo. Oh, wow. Confused the shit mm-hmm. out of me when they were like, Heather Matarazzo is his mother. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, when did she have children? I was like, mm-hmm, no. Yeah. So I don't know. Let me, tell me if I'm the only one. But the main thing that I guess was different than I expected about the start of the movie 
is I was convinced that they were going to kill off a legacy character within the first like five minutes. Oh, interesting. From the Um, original. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how everyone else feels about it. I like the fact that um, the opening kill was not a kill, like, but she survived and she was like a main character. I, I kind of like that, even though, you know, it was not really the movie, not about her, it was more about her sister. Yeah, yeah. I think that yeah. was different, so I like that they mm-hmm. changed it up some. Yeah. yeah. It was brutal, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we watched it with our friend Amanda last night, and she's like, "Like this movie's super violent. I'm like, it's been a long time since 1996. Yep. Um, a director I won't mention punished the MPAA nine times with a movie about the Devil's Rejects, so... Uh. Maybe I've gotten a little desensitized, but it didn't seem that violent to me. I don't know, maybe Tarantino's <laughs> done something to me, but... Well, I mean, I remember seeing the first film, um, and we rented it on pay per view. So, and we would get we got the the director's cut, like the unrated cut, which mm. uh, outside of VHS, I don't think has been released on any kind of it, disc. It at least hasn't. Not, yeah. So, like, I'm pissed that I got rid of my VHS copy because I yeah. don't have the unrated version anymore, and they they've never released it since. Yeah, I mean, there might be a bootleg or like a re, like an Australian Blu-ray that costs like a hundred dollars and I'm not paying that. Um, I mean, for the first scream, I might be tempted <laughs> for this. Yeah. Scream, you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, where is that? But in the, you know, in the unrated cut, you do see, um, Oh God, Casey's boyfriend. What is his name? I am blanking. Wes. Uh, no, 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 no. Casey Steve. and Steve. Steve. Steve, uh, Steve's death, I remember being more brutal, and there was a little bit more blood, but in, in this one, actually, it was not as violent as the knife going into 13 Reasons Why's neck, but oh. um, but still, I, I'm kind of with Sammy, like, I've seen way more violent things. I've seen more violent movies, mm-hmm. but I do agree that for this franchise, I think that the the attacks were a little more graphic. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely Dylan Minnette's uh, death. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I'll, I can wait to say more on this, but I, I found the, the vacillation of their treatment of violence and the result of the violence to be just wildly inconsistent. Okay. So, did anyone see the movie they made before this, Ready or Not? No. Okay. So, that movie is over-the-top violent, and, like, literally, um, that movie ends with a, with a character just soaked in blood because everyone else is dead. Everyone dies violently, but that movie was 100% played for laughs. It was... Mm. It, it still managed to be kind of like a thriller, kind of kind of scary, but it is a comedy more than anything, and because I love that movie, it gave me hope that um, now this movie being in the hands of the Radio Silence guys, who, you know, I knew, of, I learned about them through one of the VHS movies. I can't remember if it was the first or the second one, but so I was kind of excited seeing these guys take over this franchise because, you know, obviously Wes was the master, but... They, it led me to believe that the franchise was going to be in the right hands. 
before this, I would have said, uh, Karen, definitely check out uh, Ready or Not. It's fun. I it's it's on my my list of movies oh. to watch. I just, mm. I mean, prime example. I've had Promising Young Woman for about four months from Netflix, and um, haven't gotten a chance to watch it. It's a good flick. It is a good one. It's a really, and I, really I, good flick. I, I yeah. want to watch it. I just definitely know. check it out. To where I fell in love with Bo Burnham, even though you know. That's not exactly a good thing at some point, but still. Yeah. <laughs> De- definitely watch that movie with something to chase it that's kind of a palate cleanser. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not the bleakest movie you're ever going to see, but it's bleak. Yeah. Yeah. Bleak, yeah, bleak doesn't bother me. at all. We saw that the day after Christmas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> on Boxing Day. <laughs> oh, happy Boxing Day. Here, have this. <laughs> Two of us had fun. One of us was mad at the other two. (laughs) When y'all first saw it, did you initially have an instinct about who you thought the killer was? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Ghostface. I knew who the killers were after the first five minutes of them being on the screen. (laughs) Yeah. I I will say one killer is very much, like, telegraphed. if not oh both my of god, them. this movie was so telegraphed on so many levels. <laughs> it was like, Jesus, are you trying to find the Titanic? Yeah. Stop I, do, I, don't, I don't think he I don't think he was on the screen for two seconds before I was like, it's him. Yeah. I was gonna give him the benefit of the doubt, but um Mikey Madison from uh Better Things, uh she was just so unlikable from the beginning. I was just like, she's the damn killer. <laughs> And I was kind of let down about it. And whenever she finally revealed herself, I was like, eh, of course. Yeah, and I mean, look, they tried to throw you off the scent a little bit by having him sort of try and convince everybody, including mm-hmm. the audience, that her sister was in on it. Which, honestly, I think would have made a more interesting story. But... I mean, but the bottom line is, I'm sorry, this movie wasn't well written. It and was very predictable. It was, I mean, they... They would have benefited from maybe taking some card playing lessons because they did not play their cards close to their chest at all. They just threw everything out there. It was like instead of playing a card game, they were just tossing their cards at the hat trying to hit it. And what sucks is one of the writers for this movie, and and even though I am more positive on this movie than, than you, but I agree this movie is not as well written as it should be. And James Vanderbilt wrote Zodiac. He's, you know, made one of my favorite movies. But also, I look back at his career and most of the other things that have his name on it were not as good as I either hoped or just not good at all. I mean, he co-wrote Darkness Falls. He did that um, John Travolta military thriller, uh, Basic. He did the two amazing Spider-Man movies, uh, he did an Adam Sandler murder mystery. <laughs> he wrote White House Down. I mean, so it, it, it gets more and more like, I think Zodiac was a fluke. I mean, I think it's, oh, God. Well, no, I was going to say, was he the only writer on Zodiac? No, yes. he also, he was, he's, a, he's credited with Robert Graysmith. Well, mm. well, Graysmith wrote the book. So okay. he, he, gets a, he gets a story by or... He gets a credit, but the okay. script was James Vanderbilt. And okay, but it was based on other. Yes. Okay. 
I this is kind of I'm still after even sleeping on it. I'm still of the same opinion that what really I think what really frustrates me is how they played this up as their tribute to Wes Craven. Mm. And yeah. really, if you wanted to make a tribute to Wes Craven, you would have gone out and made an original movie. And yeah. you would have really plumbed the depths of what scares you and what what you find most frightening and depraved and, and vulgar about humanity, but also conversely exploring the, the heights that humanity can reach. That's how you would have paid tribute to Wes Craven. This to me is like they took a page out of the J.J. Abrams school of, of you know, hopping on somebody else's franchise that other people put the work into and yeah. you're just going to ride the train until it runs out of juice. So by that, I'm going to say Ready or Not was their real tribute to Wes because it was at least original. Yeah, this, I, I just, and I was so... It, it pained me every time I saw the hashtag for Wes trending mm-hmm. with this movie, especially after I finally saw it. Because I was like, that 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 wasn't a tribute to Wes Craven. That that was just you guys wanting to take the easy route. <laughs> if it was a tribute, we actually would not have known who the killer was. And yeah. I kept thinking, okay, any minute they're like, they're they're going to make this. It, it, there's going to be a reveal. There's going to be something behind this. I didn't think the motive was all that great. I mean, it was all right. The motive was better, I think, than it was in the fourth movie. Mm. Um, because I'll give the movie due credit where it took being meta to a new level. And I actually liked what the film was trying to say. But they just didn't. I don't know. It's like they used the wrong method or something. I also, I don't really think. This was a movie made for horror movie fans. I think it was a movie made for people who really enjoy what I think has become a a niche genre of movie, and that's the nostalgia movie. Because if you're if you're just looking for a movie that makes you go, oh hey, look at that. That was from blah 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 blah. Oh hey, look that person and all oh, that line that they just said, all oh, that's if that's your thing, and that's great if that's your thing, then this movie is for you. But it I'm kind of, I think I'm done with nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm tired of being reminded of what was really great. I'd like to see some really great original stuff now. Kind of like what I say a, a lot on this show, stop reminding me of a better movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that is a connection I did not see coming. I only saw it coming that he was in the movie because... Right before I saw the movie, I went to go check something on IMDb, and they fucking told me he was in the movie. Oh, well, I I always refuse to look at IMDb until after I've seen a movie because they've spoiled so much shit for me. I'm like, damn, yeah. could you have not? Mm-hmm. Could you have some subtlety? I actually had a really big problem with how they brought Billy Loomis in the movie. <laughs> oh, I didn't mind it. I just want to know how uh, they obviously did not have 190 million dollars to make this movie unlike Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. And how did the de-aging in this movie look better than all of the de-aging in that movie? Because Skeet huh. Ulrich actually hasn't aged horribly. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, in De Niro and Pacino's defense, they're either almost 80 or, you know, there. <laughs> so what was your problem with how they brought him back? I have a really big problem with movies 
made today that rely on the 70s, 80s exploitation trope of using mental illness to push a plot point. That's like a big no for me. And they basically gave Sam plot device aphrania to bring back a character that <laughs> didn't really have to come back in, in the flesh, so to speak. Um, yeah. Okay, so I'm hearing everybody talk about the film, the stuff that they don't like. But can I say about what I really love about this film? Because yeah. I think this is what I think for me is what makes me love this film and why I think it's important and why it came out at the right time. The way that it goes after social media, trolls online, fandom, the way they act amongst each other and how we have all these neckbeards online constantly talking crap and wanting to put people down for liking something else that they don't like. And what can come of it is like front and center in this film. And so I was not expecting that. And so when I walked away from it, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe they brought this into it. But it makes sense because in one form or another, Scream has always been about that, you know, and it's mm -hmm. got its own fandom and its own group of people who fight amongst themselves because of what is and what isn't Scream and all that stuff. You know, I mean, it's just just happens in fandom now. It's what it is. But I love that they put that into the film because it is important. It just we see a lot of that, especially on Twitter every mm -hmm. single day. Well, and the way Twitter, people treat each other. <laughs> Twitter, so Reddit, I, Yeah, I thought that's what, that's what sealed the deal for me with the movie. And that's why I walked away really liking it. So. No, I, I do really like that aspect. And it, yeah. you know, I, I agree with you on that. Um, but I understand there are other things that it has its problems. It's not perfect. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it, it's not. It's unfortunately not perfect. But there are things in this movie that are do make it cool. So, you know, mm -hmm. now you got a whole new generation of people who are want to go back and see the films. People who really love Scream 4 seem to really like this film and what it brought. So, like, there's just this whole new generation of people who are starting to get into it now, too. So it's, yeah. it's going to be interesting because you're going to see a clash with, like, a lot of, like, people who tend to like where it's going as opposed to where it came from. And, mm -hmm. you know, and it's unfortunate because we don't have West around anymore. You know? Yeah. And that right there is is why, at the end of the day, I don't really like. Yeah, I have my critiques of the movie, but I'm I'm not invested enough in it because yeah, it's it's not for me. This movie was not for me. Yeah, you brought back three of the legacy characters, and I'm not going to lie, any movie that lets me enjoy Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox <laughs> hugging on screen, I'm going to enjoy that. Yeah, but this this was not for me. This was you're handing off this movie to another another generation and that's fine i've got the trilogy i've got the first movie which is hands down one of my all-time favorite horror movies gail weathers and sydney prescott will forever be two of my favorite final girls and that's great and maybe somebody else will discover that they like sam carpenter even though god could you have given her a fucking original name <laughs> god damn you're this is your new protagonist and you hack together a horror movie name for her? come on that yeah, i was we, salty about we, that i was we, salty. we were watching the movie she might have, might have a little bit named michaela myers <laughs> right yeah. we were we were watching the movie last night and sammy's like that name sounds familiar i'm like 
John Carpenter. Also, what made it even worse is her dad is Billy Loomis. So if she took her yeah. dad's name, she'd be Sam Loomis. Come on. Yep. Oh, God. Yep. <laughs> Come on. Put a little effort you know, into okay, it. Okay, I have to say, <laughs> you sound a wow. little bit like me. Like I, I understand where you're coming from with this. You sound a little bit like me with the um, years ago when they, and this is like a result of me being a '90s kid. But um, when Boy Meets World decided to come back and they Disney-fied it with oh, Girl yes. Meets World, I watched it out of like, well, this was my favorite show growing up. Like I, I, I had, I had hopes for it and the truth was it it wasn't very good it completely relied on the nostalgia of mm. all the kids that grew up watching a better television show and mm. so i understand where you're coming from i i like i still don't mind it i feel like scream did a a better job of that and i thought that they did a fairly decent job of bringing back the legacy characters the only thing that bothered me about it is in another aspect of predictability, you know they're going to kill one of the legacy characters off in this movie, and they killed off the most predictable legacy character they could have killed off. I mean, they couldn't have telegraphed his death harder if they tried. They Anymore. made a little call. Like, the, the movie should have been called Marconi. I mean, God, telegraph harder. Come on. Like, I wanted to, no, no offense, I, I mean, I wanted them to kill off Gail. I, I feel like that would be far <laughs> less predictable, and I would have had much less of an issue with it. Okay, but that I, that the problem there is nobody nobody probably really would have cared if they killed Gail because <laughs> she was so mean. She was somebody to care about. Exactly, yeah, I, they I wanted cried. to go for the one that you cared about the most, and Gail yeah. was she wasn't supposed to be likable. Like mm -hmm. she, this was probably the most likable she ever was in any of the Scream movies. But mm -hmm. do we? I'm like, I don't know how to well, watch a Scream movie without Dewey in it. <laughs> and, well, and you know, I, bottom line is I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, yes, Dewey is the most predictable. It is the most safe. But also because we tend to like Dewey, it kind of reminded me of Randy's death in, you know, the second one. That is true. Because they're never going to kill Sydney and... um like you said, and I kind of agree with this, if they kill, killed Gail, not a lot of people are going to care. You yeah. know what? They You know, honestly, they could have killed Sydney. I would have given I, them props for that. I, I think that if they really wanted to go big or go home, they would have killed Sydney. I can't believe I just said that, but yeah. yeah and yeah. like, like for me, all three of the, of the legacy characters were out of character. Like they were, they were written in really out of context ways that didn't necessarily bother me, except for Dewey. The way they treated his character, it just felt so disrespectful that this character who has for 25 years been the protector and, you know, maybe he wasn't the brightest crayon in the box, but that's okay. His heart was in a good place and he did what he had to do to make sure that no, as few people as possible died. Yeah. They, it just felt so disrespectful that they introduce him and he's jobless and an alcoholic and he left his wife and he, they made him cowardly 
And, you know, there's even a line in it where where Gail says, you're a lot of things, but you're no coward. But they made him a coward. And it's like, that's so disrespectful to this character. He never read to me like a coward. He read to me as broken. And honestly, after the events of the last four movies, I probably would, you know, if I went through (laughs) half the shit that happened to him, I'd probably be like that. So I'm not saying that he couldn't be broken, but having him leave his wife in the middle of the night. Yeah. I I feel like that was more of a commentary on, you know, the real life relationship maybe between the two of them. I mean, I know that's not the reason they split, but I I would have been more interested if they'd made it more like that break, but (laughs) (laughs) if they would have killed off Sydney and then she would have like, looked right at the new girl and been like, I give you my powers. That might have been another job. Not there <laughs> I mean, too. that would have been my Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that would have been a, well, that wouldn't have been a yeah. Wes Craven tribute, but. <laughs> but still, yeah, you no. know what I mean, right? It's just like, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, if they wanted to go big, they would have killed Sydney, but. Yeah. yeah. I, I imagine at some point that they will. I mean, they could with the next film, you know. I, I told John, I said, I thought it was going to come with the last film. Whatever they do last, I, I feel like they'll kill Sydney. Here's my thing, though. You, you've you you've put down your, your battle flag and you've you've claimed all this for Wes and, and we're doing this for the legacy fans, too. You now need to stop using the legacy characters. And the fact that Courtney Cox is already talking about she's got the script. Now, if they have like a cameo of Gail talking about the book that she wrote about Dewey, Mm -hmm. that's fine. They need they need to go off on their own now. You need to not use Gail and not use Sydney for the next movie. Yeah, I I honestly was hoping this was the end of the franchise, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, But now that they've talked about screen like this movie, I went into excited Scream 6, I'm going to go into very nervous because I, I don't, I'm like, I don't want the legacy characters back. I, I, I like the fact that we have new blood and I do like the new blood and I want them to survive, to stand on their own versus, oh, uh, let's call Sydney and bring in our Exactly. Crutch. Yeah. Also, you know, I will give them this. They did have a great handoff moment. Where, you know, you've got Gail and Sydney sitting on the back of the ambulance, which, you know, I'm fairly certain they should have been on stretchers being rushed to the hospital since one of them had a bullet in her still and the other had a massive laceration in her gut. But, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. <laughs> you know, again, how we deal with, she, with wounds. <laughs> she, she's Sydney fucking Prescott. She she's can handle it. Sydney Prescott. She yeah. can handle it. Yeah, But, you know, so they're sitting there and, and Sam goes over and talks to them. And there is a moment where because, you know, we're we're trained for the camera to stay with Sydney. Mm-hmm. And there's that moment where she says, you know, Sam says her goodbye and turns and Gail and Sydney drop out of focus. And the camera goes with Sam. And I was like, you know what? That was that was classy. I'll give him yeah. that. It's a little ridiculous that they're sitting on the back. You know, your your vitals look fine. Their vitals do not look fine, bitch. Yeah. You need to get them in that ambulance. But whatever. But, so, hey, Gail has taken a bullet before. <laughs> as, as, Co- as, as Cotton Weary said, you know, she's got more lives than the cats. So. Yeah, indeed. They both do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you drop them out of focus. You let the camera leave them behind. 
you need to not use them anymore. Let them live. Yeah. Like, I, I want them to go off into the sunset. And like you said, if Gail comes back, be it her morning show, just do, do a talk, but don't make her part of the damn story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, um, I, I know Sammy's answered this question, but did anyone else see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Um, I don't think so. Okay. So, uh, Mark, did you see it? What was that? Did, you saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, I did. I did. Karen, do you mind a minor spoiler for that movie? No. Okay, Mikey Madison, <laughs> one of the killers. I know where you're going with this. <laughs> one of the killers in this movie was one of the Manson girls and essentially went out almost <laughs> the same way, on fire. Oh, I heard about Yeah, I read about this. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, I was just like... I was like, well, I was not expecting that Tarantino homage. Okay, but that, then S- Sydney actually got a really great line at that point. She was like, enjoy that torch. Yep. <laughs> I was like, oh. Yep. oh. Yep. <laughs> Salty Sydney. Yes. So I actually... I, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I, was gonna, I actually really liked um, Sydney's performance in this. Uh, and, I, and I liked David Arquette's. Courtney felt a little bit like, you know, they were like, well, if the other two are back, let's crowbar you in here. Yeah. yeah. Well, they look but, like they're crowbarred her face into it, but... Oh. I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> oh. At least we're no I'm longer... Sorry. It's, just like, it's a little much at this point. Uh, the sad thing, when... though, is she knows, and she she's actually... Yeah, she's, she's talked about it. You know, I get it. She's, she's beautiful, but I get it that they're... They put up way too much pressure, yeah. not only on just artist of a certain age but women of a certain age and of course they like people tell them oh you know you should do this do that or maybe they do it on their own whatever the reasons are but it sucks to see that you know it's like some people go too far unfortunately oh and she she's she's talked about that she did some some show where she talked about that she knows she went too far and and that it you know she felt pressure and she wished she hadn't done it and mm-hmm. oh poor thing yeah oh, but yeah. you know oh. and, and i i the two moments in this movie that really hit me hard were were scenes with her in them and it was when she showed up and the coroners were bringing dewey out yeah and just just her crumpling to the ground and then when when sydney arrived at the hospital and you heard both of their voices crack with the emotion of we're we're together again because now Dewey's gone. And yeah. like that those two moments for me were probably the most on point and and moving. Um, and I will say that to me that was like the only that was the only upside and the only legitimate reason I could see them choosing Dewey. For the death mm-hmm. is because it's pretty much the only thing that could have brought Sydney back there. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if she would have come back for Gail. No, I don't think <laughs> no, she would have. That's a good point. That's a very good point. I don't think she would have. Although, yeah. you know, they, they did have a moment Dewey, where but... she was saying that, you know, where, where Gail had a, a surprising moment of self-reflection and said, if I had never written that book about your mother, this mm. never would have started. And and ne- Nev, Sydney surprisingly you know, allaying her of that and saying, you know, you didn't start this. Billy Loomis did. Yeah. And then I'm, and then I pushed my glasses. I was like, actually it was your brother that started this. Oh, 
mm. we don't want to talk about him that much. <laughs> yeah, we were watching a friend last night, and she was just like, do I have to have seen all four of them? I'm like, only if you want, like, all of the, like, tiny little details. Really, only, really only the first movie and part of the fourth movie matter to this movie. Well, and I didn't even catch that she was married to the detective from the third movie. Well, Neither well, did she. Yeah. <laughs> Nev Campbell was interviewed, and she was like, oh, I'm married to, to the character from Scream 3? Yeah. She didn't realize it. Meanwhile, I was like, wait, says his name was Mark. Is that the same one? Mark Kincaid. <laughs> After the movie, I was doing a lot of frantic, like, Googling stuff. And I totally missed the fact that Kirby lived uh, in the initial oh, viewing. Oh, I loved that. Yeah. I so was so happy. So she can come back for six cream. Yeah. And that, that to me, was probably the most honest tribute mm-hmm. to Wes Craven. Because I remember Wes Craven talking about that in the uh, director's commentary for Scream 4, where he was like, we wanted to make sure that people weren't sure if Kirby was dead. So I had yeah. her move a little bit in the final scene that she was in. And I was like, oh, she made it. Mm-hmm. Do we want to get into our categories now? Yeah, I think it's about time. Okay. So we've added a few categories since you guys have been on last, I think. All right. Um, And the the one we usually do first is, did John like the soundtrack? Well, there's not much soundtrack, although I did see Alkaline Trio had a song in the uh, credits, so I'm happy about that. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I did kind of applaud in the theater whenever they played Rhett Ride Hand for the fifth time. But, (laughs) I mean, other than that, there's no real soundtrack to speak of. Um, Which was really surprising. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's all I remember, too, is just that one song. (laughs) Yeah. Because I I was looking through the credits. I'm like, I don't remember half these songs or any of these songs except for the Nick Cave one. Yeah. So, I I mean, I'm not going to say if I liked it or not just because there was not a thing to enjoy or not enjoy. So. Which, again, I mean, like, the first three, I, I don't really remember a lot of the music from Scream 4, but I think I was I was too old at that point to enjoy the music. <laughs> but I have the soundtracks I, to the first three, because that, the, it was great music. Even mm, the, the Creed the song part. is not, oh, even the Creed song is okay. I, I okay. Say, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> I, I also don't want to die on the hill of defending Creed, so. <laughs> um, well, I think we'll skip our Rotten Tomatoes segment. I mean, I can week, do it. Unless, you, do it. unless just, you will do that, John. I mean, I have it up, so. Okay. So, um, this is what we typically do. And we'll, Mark and uh, Karen, will let you guys go first. Sure. We guess the critics rating for Rotten Tomatoes, and then we guess the audience rating. Hmm. All right. So go for it. Whichever one of you want to yeah. go first. Yeah. I'll go first. <laughs> um, so we, what do we got to do? Um, critics rating first? Yeah. Yeah. Cri- okay. Critics rating first. I'm going to say they gave it about a 57. 57? Yeah. Okay. Karen, what do you think? This is like Price is Right. Uh, <laughs> I remember reading a lot of critics reviews that liked this movie which is another thing that made me go really i'm gonna say 72 72 okay sammy 
I'm going to go with 77. Oh, you overshot it by 1%. No. Yeah, 76% critical score out of 280 reviews. Now let's guess the real the real one, the audience. Okay. Mark? See, it's funny because I was going to go that high for the audience rating because my original thought was 79. But if that's the case, I'm going to go up to 89 instead. All right. 89. Karen? Hey, I was never good at the prices, right? <laughs> One dollar. <laughs> One dollar. <laughs> One percent. Um, I know it got better reviews from fans than the critics. So if the critics are putting it at seventy-six, I'm gonna go eighty. I'm You're gonna go eighty. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And now I'm gonna Sammy. go like eighty-six. Okay. Because I honestly wasn't that much I, of a difference. Yeah, because I was I I was like maybe it's in the nineties, and I was like I don't know where in the nineties, and I'm gonna be bad at this. I'm surprised it's not higher for the audience response because when I finally unblocked and started reading, because I, I, I blocked the shit out of everything mm-hmm. in this movie, uh, which hurt because I couldn't see my daily Nev Campbell photos. <laughs> Sometimes sacrifices have to be made. Sometimes sacrifices have to be made. Also, Reddit exists. So. <laughs> Just... But I saw all these people like, praising this movie and i was like did i see the wrong movie <laughs> no it wasn't for me that's okay okay right. so i think our next one this one's gonna be really easy john i think this week but um does it pass the bechdel test which i'm gonna go ahead and say without even looking at it that it does yeah i'm not even looking it up i mean most of the discussions i mean all the female characters are named they all talk to each other about different things, and a lot of times it's not about a man. So, like, yeah, this is this is the easy of how this is the example of how easy it is to pass the Bechdel test. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I still can't. I, I know I say this every week, and I don't care. This is my weekly soapbox. I still can't believe the Fifty Shades trilogy passes the Bechdel test, <laughs> thus proving Bechdel test does not equal equal taste. I mean. But, yeah, nobody ever said that it was a gauge of taste. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, sadly, we've lost Gilbert Gottfried. So, you know, my dream know. of a full full oh. length uh, reading what of the audio book. All these, these comics leaving us this year. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, that was that was a trip. I think the Bechdel test is just meant to be like the absolute lowest minimum bar that you should be meeting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... Congratulations, five cream. <laughs> you barely <laughs> you made it, the right? Bare minimum. <laughs> okay, so here's the question. So if this one is five cream, what is the sequel going to be? Five cream two? Oh. Five cream squared? Five cream kills. Five yeah. cream. <laughs> okay, so I actually do have a question before we get into our last couple of segments. Mm-hmm. What do y'all think? Who did? Okay, who did a better job? The makers of the Scream sequels now, like, a decade later, or the Halloween sequels? Well, if you mean sequels as a whole, obviously it goes to Scream because Wes made three of the four. Right. Um, I'm talking really about the recent. 
okay, if you're talking about the legacy sequels, for the moment, I'm still going to go with Scream, because nobody uh, said evil dies tonight as a chant. Um, although I am looking, but also I am going to judge that trilogy as an entirety piece. So we'll wait until we see Halloween ends uh, before I can fully judge it. But I don't know. I, I think this may not be the best Wes Craven tribute, but I do believe that the directors had good intentions here. And I'm and I do like the new Halloween movies, but I mean, at no point has Buster Rhymes shown up in any of them, so the bar is incredibly low. <laughs> <laughs> I know you hate Rob Zombie, but Trick or Treat Motherfucker is the is the low point of that franchise. Why you gotta bust on Buster Rhymes? <laughs> Katie Sackhoff was in that one. Is she? I, I forget. I try to forget Katie, that movie because Katie Sackhoff's head bounces down the stairs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, that's my favorite Fallout Boy song. Katie Sackhoff's head falls down the stairs. Yeah, I don't know. That's tough because, as a whole, I love the Scream franchise way, way, way more and think it's way better. But I'm like, I'm torn because I feel like the last couple of Halloween movies, I don't know. I feel like they've done a pretty good job. I mean, Judy Greer was in them, so that is that is automatic points, and it's a favor, so. I, I watched the first of the this new requel for the, the Halloween movies, and I was okay with that, and I've watched the first of the Scream requel. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> so they're very tight even for me at the moment. All right. So um, our next segment is best line, worst line. Okay. So I guess we can start with our guests. Do y'all have a best line and worst line for the film? What does it say that I can't quite recall dialogue that gets me? Although, oh, I will say that the worst, worst line of the film for me that stands out is what's, what's his name is talking about his guns and he refers to it those two characters from Fast and Furious. Hobbs and Shaw. Yes. <laughs> That's probably one of the worst lines because it's like it doesn't make it timeless. Like if you're trying to make a timeless film, don't just corner it to like I don't know. It just automatically dates a movie. You know? Mm -hmm. Although there's plenty of that in all the movies of course. You know? Yeah. I mean because you know what's his name? Um, he calls him uh, was it Alicia at some point <laughs> way back whenever Alicia yeah exactly <laughs> but still you know that's more general as opposed to Hobbs and Shaw which like you know I don't know whatever I think that's probably the worst but I'm trying to think of the, the best I don't oh maybe I think it's Dewey's line about like when he tells him uh, I'm Billy Lewis's daughter and he goes that's probably the worst example you yeah. can use. that's <laughs> probably my favorite line okay that was I, I remember one. that much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I had to jog my memory a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that one was a good one. Um, I I really liked that. Like there were several of the from the scenes with Gail and and Sydney that I liked. But I liked when Sydney was on the phone with Ghostface at at Stu Mocker's house, and you know he he, he was they were. The Ghostface Killer was trying to say something about you forgot the first rule, and Sydney was like, "I'm bored," and she yeah. just hangs up on him. Yeah. All you hear is Ghostface on the phone go, "Wait!" and it was like, "Damn, she just blew you off." 
I had a whole speech. <laughs> Sydney's been doing this for a while. She ain't got time for your shit. Yeah. I I just like that she just goes in and shoots. Oh yeah, she's like, I'm not fucking I'm not fucking around with this. No. I, I, I Oh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I I really probably the line that made me roll my eyes the most was when uh Tara through the phone which good for her for throwing mm-hmm. something and hit jack of all quades and he was like did you hit me with the phone i was like you're not stumacher dude and we yeah. already know you're one of the killers so just shut up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i have um, two lines i like i hate saying this but i did think like sometimes i think because i'm kind of in writer mode these days how would i've written that line and whenever ghostface kills dewey and says it's an honor. I kind of liked that line. I, I also like Tara's line of uh, whenever she kills a uh, girl from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And she just says, I still prefer the Babadook. Yeah, that was a good one. And you know what, Tara? I agree. I pretty much loved anything that Dewey said. But I think one of my favorites, and it's a little bit roll your eyes, but I still loved it. When Wes was giving him crap and he said, you got stabbed a billion times, dumped by your famous wife, crawled into a bottle. I think it's safe to say you're on the suspect list. And he says, well, maybe you're the killer because I cut deep. (laughs) That was a good one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, we really didn't talk a lot about the new characters. Um, Were there any of that (laughs) y'all... Were there any that y'all liked? Because I liked the twins. Yes. Yes. And I was happy to see that they survived. I, I... I liked I liked Mindy because she was basically Randy. Yeah. And I I I mean like everything like even right down to in the final scenes in the final final part of the movie I don't know if you noticed but she's wearing basically the same outfit that Randy wears in the first movie the the greenish top and the brown pants oh I mean, god i didn't even think about that yeah like she was and so when she was laying on the couch watching the movie about her uncle laying on the couch and i was like I, we get it <laughs> you want to be meta yeah. <laughs> there has to be a line <laughs> the line must be drawn here yeah. um but yeah so she was <laughs> <laughs> she was even dressed like him and I was like oh sweetie oh I kind of loved it though because Randy's my favorite character yeah <laughs> I just love that Mark and I are cracking up about what Karen did and Sam- it's- Sammy has no clue oh god that was great <laughs> oh dear so I, hey. I liked I liked Mindy. Um, I didn't really okay. So I I went really super nerdy. I didn't really care much about her brother, mm-hmm. other than what I read into it. So their name her name was Mindy Meeks Martin. So she has a hyphen at last name, which mm-hmm. is something that a lot of lesbians do when they get married. Mm-hmm. When you get in vitro fertilization, which is often a way that lesbians have children, 
you get fraternal twins. That's that's a, a common result of in vitro fertilization. And so I convinced myself that Martha Meeks is a lesbian because mm-hmm. Heather Matarazzo is one and she has fraternal twin children because she's in a happy lesbian relationship. I like that. Justice yeah. for Wiener Dog. <laughs> Justice for Wiener Dog. <laughs> <laughs> She found true happiness. Mm-hmm. I will say, life. even though they stepped over the line a couple times with how meta it got, one of the things I really liked is that they made an, I don't know, they made an extra point to really call out the stupidity of what people do in movies. Like, every every time I would make a comment about, why in the world, this you're supposed to be meta. Why in the world did you go to the basement by yourself? About five <laughs> seconds later, they would call it out in the movie about how stupid it was. So I, I don't I did appreciate that. The whole time I was watching that scene, I was like, Mindy, get out of the basement. Mindy, get out of the basement. You're with the killer. Mindy. Yeah. Mindy. Mindy. Um, alrighty. Well, I think we're ready to move on to our second to last segment, which we have renamed, I think, since last time y'all have been on here. It's now called the good, bad, and the ugly. But it's still where we talk about any of our likes or dislikes from the film that we haven't covered. Is there anything left? <laughs> <laughs> I like that Morgan Wallen's stunt double got stabbed in the neck. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty brutal, man. It was just quick yeah. and easy. It was just done. I thought that they were mm-hmm. like continued to get stabbed, but it was just basically like just swooped in, did what they mm-hmm. needed to, and were like, okay, you can die now. Yeah, and, the, hey, and was that, it kill. me or was there a higher body count in this film than the previous ones? Hmm. Um, well, I don't know because usually the rule is whoever's new here dies. I was surprisingly okay with Sheriff Judy's death because yeah. she was really inappropriate to Sam. Mm-hmm. Like you're 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 not really being sheriffy right now. Mm-hmm. You know, no. she, it's like super chip on their shoulder. And yeah. <laughs> I didn't really like her character in Scream 4, so I wasn't really that yeah. excited that she came back. And then when she was, oh, we, she has a kid. And I'm like, where the fuck did the kid come from? That's what I said. <laughs> yes, but I, mean, I explained that point, last night. At this point, it's like her and her lemon squares both taste like ass. So it's just not good. <laughs> yeah. Also, the kid came because she was in a marriage before she joined the sheriff's office. That marriage ended badly. I guess he doesn't like lemon squares. So she set her eyes on Dewey. And there was no need to mention the kid. I guess. Yeah, which that is something they let go by the wayside also. The impression was her and Dewey were pretty close. And they didn't he didn't they didn't even address how he may or may not have felt about her death. Like completely glossed over it. Yeah. Well and the truth is there probably would have been some kind of reaction there. Well, I mean the sheriff department asked him to retire, so And then she took he, over as sheriff. So yeah. I so. feel like there's probably a little bit of bitter lemon there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I just have to say, it made me happy to see Billy Loomis again. And then we got to this is the one question I asked towards the end of the movie, right after she stabbed him, and he kind of smiles at her. And I think I turned to a friend Amanda and I said, I don't understand how it happened, but when did Billy Loomis become the hero of this story? <laughs> Ooh. There's that, right? I mean, yeah, yeah it's it's weird. Um, yeah, it it's just it's interesting. It's like if they're gonna play into all that, 
in the next film or not, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, but here's the thing. Billy Loomis didn't become the hero of the movie. The The version of Billy Loomis that lives in Sam's psychoses mm-hmm. became the hero. So really, I mean, Sam became the hero. Yeah. yeah. I just, my my biggest concern... And I, I tell myself to just let it go because you ain't watching any more of these. But are they going? What are they going to do with her mental illness moving forward? Are they going to treat it with respect? Are they just going to use it when it's convenient to the plot? Are they just going to forget about it and be like, well, we don't need to show that anymore? She's cured. She stabbed yeah, someone. Daddy went away. Yeah, because <laughs> now she's got like you know, force ghosts. Billy Loomis to like kind of watch over her and so <laughs> so that's the thing in that sense that's why I guess you know like Samuel's saying is that 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 version of Billy has become sort of a weird kind of hero figure because it guided her and was proud of her in the end you know to kind of be one with herself and just kind of let that in right because that's what a, what saved her in the end you know mm-hmm. but you're right though that is a dangerous ground to go on because you know if, if they use it conveniently to like oh go psycho on them you know it's like uh, yeah. you know it's gonna be and I'm, I'm just weird i'm really concerned that that really concerns me because i like i said i don't like when mental illness mm-hmm. is used to push plot points in, yeah. in a movie but especially horror movies because you, we don't need to vilify mm. or to to sort of you know, caricaturize something that's very serious. Yes. So, like, I so I think that in that if in that sense, if we go into the next film and like maybe she's gone into getting help about it, but then helping others, I think it mm-hmm. would speak more about that, right? Yeah. And like helping victims of these crimes, because she'd be the perfect person to kind of help others heal, right? Yeah. And in that sense having the killer come back and come back or all these people who survived their crimes and he's killing them off would be kind of, you know, yeah. fucked up and cool, you know. That, that would be a good thing because the way I, I, I can understand your point, Karen, because the way I see it going is they could very possibly go a whole different direction with this because uh, Sydney is like the stereotypical, it used to be popular, the final girl, the hero of the story. Like, she's not that much of a flawed character i mean she's not perfect but she's not flawed whereas mm-hmm. this much more popular now to have an anti-hero or a completely flawed protagonist and so if they they very well if they're not sensitive about it could use her mental illness and to make her somewhat of an anti-hero mm-hmm. I think the truth of what's going to happen is it's going to be handled like Dewey's nerve damage from screen two to screen three. It's just going to go away and it's going to be addressed in a, in a uh, line. Like one of the twins is going to be like, you still seeing your dad, dad? Nope. Got these new meds. Let's move forward. Yeah. 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 Probably. Yeah. I think it is what it is. Mm-hmm. All right, John, are you ready to ask the big question? Well, wait, yeah. wait, I, oh. I do. I do have one. The the ugly I think the ugliest part of this movie is the one thing <laughs> we already we... haven't discussed that. <laughs> oh, Dewey's death scene. Yes, I I get you guys thought you were being respectful, but 
basic COP 101 is the general understanding of how bullets work. You can stand a far distance away from what you're shooting and pull the trigger and the bullet's going to come out of the gun and go where you want it to go. You don't have to be standing right in front of what you want to shoot. This man has survived 25 years of this shit. And y'all had him walk right in front of the fucking killer. He also learned the lesson of shoot it in the head from mm-hmm. Sydney. You could have stopped. And he didn't have to do it. He didn't have it, to go back. He didn't and have to go back. I, I get why he wanted to, but you could have pulled the trigger from a long way away, son. Mm-hmm. You ain't have to be that close. His death was not necessary. And that's the saddest part of, like, I got that they were going to kill him. Wasn't a big secret. I knew going in, he ain't going to make it. But you could have done a little better when you killed him, is all I'm saying. It, it was 100% avoidable. Yeah. And they, they could not have possibly telegraphed it more or made it more obvious. As soon as he said that line and the elevator doors closed, I was like, damn it. Yeah. Because yeah. you knew it was going to happen. And it was going to happen for a stupid reason, like his cell phone ringing. Yeah. And what really irritated me is that it was <laughs> it was that creepy girl who killed him. Yeah. <laughs> it, was was clear- like- it was clearly on stilts and steroids <laughs> to be able to pick like, him up like that. You, you look like you weigh 80 pounds. How the fuck am I supposed to believe that you double gutted Dewey? <laughs> and that you survived the multiple gunshots he put into you. Without yeah. it doesn't seem to be like she was any worse for wear. I guess maybe she was wearing a vest. I don't I don't yeah, know. She was, the vest, padding, they, some stilts. Showed, but a vest only protects you so much. Yeah. And he shot her point blank at one point. And I was like, mm, no, it just, it was, we get it. You wanted to kill one of the legacy characters, but you, mm-hmm. you really should have done a better job because yeah. it, it wasn't, it wasn't what I think you thought it was. I actually think it would have been better. And this is what I had, this is what I was hoping they were doing. I think it would have been better if they had actually killed one of the ghost face villains at that mm-hmm. point, instead of that being Dewey's death, if that had been her death, I actually think that would have been more interesting because that's something they haven't done before. Yes, that's but true. Sammy, that 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 avoids the double reveal at the end and a whole bunch of monologuing. Yeah, you still could have done that with the one character. I don't know, but I I feel like Jack of All Quades could have carried a monologue by himself. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, he is the second best Quaid as an actor. Y'all are so mean. <laughs> that is, that's that. I am being unfair. Randy Quaid is actually a pretty good actor. He's just nuts. Yeah. I I still don't know if his Twitter is real or satire. Sundays. <laughs> I mean, I know what it is. I just choose to believe there's some room for interpretation. Mm. Yeah. But is there any room for anticipation here? Um, Karen, Mark, Sammy, did you survive Scream? Mm, I guess Karen. I did. 
You don't have to survive these. <laughs> I mean, my girls are still safe. This I love me some Sydney. I love me some Gail. Yeah. So I, I survive with them. <laughs> so I survived, but I am sad that Karen and other people who love this franchise feel that they now want to check out from it, though, because they, it's just it's just not working. Like you said, it's just you feel like it's not for you anymore. And that bugs me because it's like I was hoping this movie would bridge everyone, you know, that loves it at this point now. New people and 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 the fans of the, the original series itself. So. It's sad because I see that a lot in a lot of other franchises, Star Wars, and, um, and <laughs> Star Trek. And it makes me so sad when it gets to that point that it, it it no longer speaks to you, right? Because they, you know, you wouldn't be here without the those old fans, no matter how you look at it, right? You know, um, they started it out, and you know they've seen it through all these different incarnations, and it, for it to finally get to a point where like, oh yeah, I'm done. It's, it's so sad. I hate that. <laughs> I mean, but don't don't feel too bad. I mean, I I get it, you yeah. know, and I I do. Like I said, this this I, Scream is always going to have a special place in my heart. I mean, yes. I've been a horror movie fan since I was seven years old. I've I've been at this. <laughs> so for that's what happened. Yes, that is what happened. <laughs> I've been at this for a really long time, and I am sadly same. Yeah, and I'm I'm. <laughs> At a point in my life where I, you know, if this was a few years ago, I'd probably be really, really angry. And I know I've, I've like worked myself up a couple of times in this, in this episode, but <laughs> the truth of the matter is I'm okay with yeah. letting this go, yeah. you know? Yeah. And if, if it, if it reaches new fans, I think that's great because you know what? Those new fans may go back to the beginning yeah. and watch the original trilogy and watch the original Scream, and they may end up loving it as much as I do. And if they yeah. do, that's great. And if they don't, that's okay, too, because I still love it. And yeah. that's cool. Do you want me to do Sock Puppet, Puppet Joseph real quick? Sure, go for it. I survived, but the main girl got on my nerves. <laughs> yeah, I respect that. That's the extent of the conversation I remember from two nights ago. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I uh, I survived. I really liked it. I I think it falls. It probably fights for number two, but definitely falls in the number three slot. Um, I liked three, but I did not like it anywhere close to one or two, and this one kind of. This sort of revived the series for me. Um, on our second, like my second watch of four, it was not as good as I remembered it being. I think this was a far better sequel than four was. So that's that's kind of where I landed. I definitely survived. I'm willing to watch six. I'm hoping that some stuff that happens in six makes this movie a little bit better, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yes. We should add that one of the things that did survive was Kirby from four. Yes. Yeah. So oh, right, just right. saying. <laughs> so if we need to bring in legacy characters, please bring back Kirby. Yes. I w you know, what, if they brought bring... back Kirby, I might actually watch. Yes. Yeah. But I don't want Kirby killed in the opening scene. I want her to be, you know, Fair. main part of the movie. Fair. So for me, um, Watching this movie uh, the first time, I was just like, oh, my God, this is one of, my be one of the best movies of the year. And But it was also January. There was a whole year. <laughs> um, I still feel like this is 
one of the best, one of my favorite movies of the year. It's getting knocked down the list a lot, but that's just because in the last two weeks, we've had three really great movies drop and go wide. So, um, so that's, so that's part of it, but I, I survived this movie. I, I recognize a lot of the flaws last night, but I still think that this movie was fun to watch. I, I do like some of the kills, even though, Logic does sometimes take a back seat in this movie. It's sitting next to uh, Force Ghost Billy. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I am caught. I am. I am nervous about Scream Six, but it's just because I think this was a great wrap up bow on like the legacy, and I want them to focus on the new characters. I don't want. I really don't want Gail and. Uh, Sydney, I can't believe I blanked on her name. <laughs> I I don't want a cameo at best for the next movie, but I want to see where they take these new characters, and I want to see if they can do them better than what they did here. Even though I'm not entirely angry at the movie, uh, but it, this movie does remind me of Force Awakens, where it's essentially a lot of the same beats as you know what we consider the original but i still enjoy it a lot i i kind of want to see what the last jedi sequel is going to be for this movie (laughs) you know the one where (laughs) someone just comes in and just says fuck what has come before i'm going to do my own thing and actually take some risks so that's that's what i want and kirby's returning that's what i want but anyway joseph will return next week and uh, (laughs) he is making us see an 80s classic that I have never seen. And I don't, Sammy, have you seen it? I have not. But I believe Karen and Martin might know what we're getting into. We're watching something called Weird Science. I believe it's a Tales from the, the Crypt spinoff. <laughs> that, was a, that was a deep cut. <laughs> oh. So yeah, so Joseph will be back next week. Uh, Karen and Mark, do y'all have anything y'all want to plug that y'all are doing? Anything going on? Um, I just recorded an episode of Analyzing Doctor Who. Oh, nice. So if if you're into Doctor Who and you want to hear a couple of Brits and a couple of Yanks just talk shit. I believe Brits talking shit is how we know each other. Exactly. <laughs> literally. Yes. Literally. Yes. You know, yes. that's what started it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we are we are carrying on that tradition. So if, yeah. if you want, come on over. You can hear me oh. get pissed off over something else. You do it so beautifully. That's why I'm sad you don't want to watch Scream 6 and be like, but, but. <laughs> Get me Kirby and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give it, I'll give it a go. I'll use all my powers, which are none. <laughs> Mark, you got anything going oh, sure. on? You want to okay. plug? Sorry. Yeah. I didn't want to interrupt you early. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah uh, you can find me on Fridays on um, Pink Milk After Dark, where we talk Star Wars queerly. Um, with me and my co-hosts Brian, Emma, and Chase, and we actually just learned very recently uh, that we are going to be on the podcast stage at Star Wars Celebration at the end of next. Year. So oh, very nice! It Yay. was 
pretty emotional to find that out because we were so hoping we would and we've got it and we're going to have a queer meet up there as well too at Bobby V's on that uh, Thursday when we get there at the end of the month but yes a lot going on right now <laughs> but I'm so happy it just it's this is like feels like all the work we put into it is finally all coming to a head and and we're loving it so yes awesome <laughs> yeah um, I might save my shout out for next week. I'm just, I, but I did see a uh, much better meta movie today. Uh, if anyone's on the fence about seeing Nick Cage play Nick Cage, get off the fence. Go see it. It's actually really great. It, okay. it is very. It is. It is a lot of fun. Cage is in on the joke, and I think it's very respectful. And plus, Pedro Pascal, the Mandalorian, is. In it, and it's just a glorious buddy comedy that it's ridiculous, but it's fun, and it's easily one of the most fun movies Cage has done in a while. And uh, there are many references to Cage movies of the past, a lot of unexpected guarding Tess references. Oh. I see that coming, but uh, it is fun. And uh, next week, I'll probably just be. Uh, going on and on about Barry season three beginnings. So, which is in a few minutes, <laughs> but anyway, so Sammy, you got anything? Nope. This not week? this week. All right. Well, Mark, Karen, thank y'all for coming back. I, I was hoping our, that Mindy would be back with us, but she had to bow yeah. up for understandable reasons. And yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I'm just glad that I get to talk with you lovely people because it's always fun. Yeah, always. And, uh, and uh, I believe we have another movie uh, on the schedule that hopefully all three of y'all can come back for. Oh, yes. I yes. cannot wait. Yeah. <laughs> They're actually, and if it's the movie I'm thinking of, uh, Jinx Monsoon and Ben De La Crame are doing a production of Drag Becomes are here real soon. Just oh, nice. <laughs> it is probably the most quoted movie in this house. Right? Really? Like, yes. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and my wife had never seen this movie until me. And I was like, oh, we need to fix this. Stat. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, I had never seen it. And, well, I took it back. I saw it once as a kid. And I remembered almost nothing about it. And Joseph had the Blu-ray. So I was just like, hey, let's watch this. <laughs> And we'll, we'll get into it when we do the show. But I think it's, hey, it's going to be an absolute <laughs> love and quote fest. Yes. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> well, screw it. We're not doing weird signs. Let's just do that next week. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for coming in, listeners. Uh, thank you all for putting up with us for another week. And uh, until then, what's your favorite scary movie? Surviving Chick Flicks is brought to you by The Circle of Jug. The show is edited by John, and all clips used are the property of their copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and leave us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get the show. If there's anything you would like us to cover on the show, or just drop us a line at survivingchickflicks at gmail.com. The show is copyright 2022, Circle of Jug Productions, all rights reserved.
I'm afraid someone's gotta die now.